Hello, and welcome to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach, helping moms reach high levels of fitness and health despite being sleep deprived and interrupted every two minutes. And I am John Kemp, functional strength and nutrition coach, yoga instructor, and founder of Kemp Fitness Professional, where I use a scientific and holistic approach to teaching people how to optimize their health using fitness, nutrition, and mindfulness. And with us today, we have Andrea Zuleta, founder of Samasa and an integrative medicine doctor who practices internationally. He's also a podcast host and just an overall very interesting, amazing person. So welcome, Andreas. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, buddy. It's great to uh, have you. So let's talk, you know, tell us, give us a little bit about your background. Um, for people who don't know, tell them what an integrative medicine practitioner is. And... Uh, a little bit about what's unique about the work you do. For sure. Yes. So, um, Andres Uleta, I was born in Colombia, raised up over there, moved to this country, um, trained as a, a physician and traveled quite uh, to a bunch of places during medical school. And so kind of that got me exposed to different systems of practice in medicine. And then, um, when I came to, um, went through a bunch of uh, personal stuff and uh, hit rock bottom really. And, but a lot of the stuff that helped me build myself back, uh, I was realizing that a lot of my patients needed it. Uh, and so how do I integrate uh, everything that I was learning and seeing at events and, and seeing work on people and uh, on events, on workshops and that he was helping them. But then if a patient would walk into my office, I didn't know really how to help them. Um, besides you know a prescription because that's what they were expecting and that's what I knew how to do in that setting and so I really went on uh, really uh, trying to understand how to implement all of these modalities and technologies and, 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 and information and techniques that I learned into the clinical practice and being able to, uh, to do that and integrative medicine is just uh, what the word um, means and is integrating every type of medicine. Uh, really, uh, a lot of people talk about the globalization of the world, so bringing a lot of uh, the different cultures together. So the same is happening with medicine, uh, where a lot of these uh, together, both, uh, and think uh, is just one of them. And, and so how do we put it all together to be able to deploy it in a setting in which that the patient can consume it, and then, uh, help them along a journey uh, into health and out of pain, you know, so. Okay. And so um, with integrative medicine, um, I know there's, you know, there are naturopaths, there's functional medicine, and then there's integrative medicine practitioners. Could you talk a little bit about um, sort of like what's the difference between those terms or what's similar? Oh, yeah, that's a great, that's, that's a great question. Um, and so naturopathic doctors are awesome uh, and they mainly uh, use uh, naturopathic medicines uh, to, 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 to help the patient in 
illnesses. Um, and, you know, a lot of different modalities, of course. Um, and then you have the MD trained doctor uh, who uses a lot of pharmaceuticals and uh, procedures to be able to help a patient along whatever they're going through. Um, but then um, what do you do? Like if some uh, a patient comes in and, and, and you know that what they have is being helped by different modalities in the uh, Chinese medicine realm or in the Ayurvedic realm or in the biofield um, or energy healing realm or in the uh, shamanistic realm, you know, where they go meditate in a cave somewhere and they actually get some experiences from that. Uh, or if they go to uh, an event, a personal uh, development event, and that helps them. And so how do you actually integrate all of that information, all the techniques, package it in a way that's actually consumable for patient so a patient can... Um, pick and choose what they need and then help them along with the path, picking the things that they choose out of uh, that. And then um, uh, following up to making sure that uh, we are looking at the hard data to see whether things are working or not for them. Um, and so the integrative practitioner almost can uh, be seen as a menu of everything that's available in the health world to help somebody allowing that patient to choose what's best for them and then being there with them as they test these things for themselves to see whether um, the hard numbers are improved. Hmm. I love that. So there's this scientific approach in that you're looking at the actual data and the results of everything. And it's also, it's very patient centered. Yeah, definitely. You know, because... Uh, um, it's just like foods you know we 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 don't um we, we don't like certain things different uh, and so for some people you know um for instance with allergies one of um, our colleagues she's a pulmonologist at um uh, at yale new heaven and a lot of her patients end up going to chinese medicine for in oriental medicine and acupuncture to treat things like asthma and they have amazing results great results um but for some people, it doesn't work at all. And so uh, as an integrative medicine practitioner or as a, as a, as a, as a, as a practitioner that's opening, uh, opened to everything, you're there for the long run with the patient as they find what they need. And in, incredibly enough, for instance, in depression, they did what is called the STAR-D trial. The STAR-D trial is when they tested uh, a lot of the medications in depression, right? And what they found out is actually the order of medication doesn't matter. But after one trial, you know, 25% of the patient get better. And then after the second trial, 25% of the patient get better. And after the third trial, a little more of the patients get better. 60% of the patients, but they couldn't find a, relate, a correlation in between um, which medication was used first or second. Uh, and so, it almost seems like the continual trial and error uh, with a relationship with a practitioner is very important for the healing process, you know, that, um, that a patient is able to know that somebody's going, is in their team and that is not easy, but, but, but there is going to be a way to find out uh, ways into getting that patient into a healing part, into a, into a healing uh, process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to hear some examples from your practice of those cases. You know, 
you have those cases that just seem like miracles where something comes and it's a complicated case and you're, you know, there's not a clear answer. And then you find this, you know, solution that may not be what you were expecting, but that just works beautifully and you end up with better results than you ever could have thought. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think some of the, um, a lot of the times because I work in the hospital a lot, um, people get to see, you know, when I meet them, they're at the lowest in their life sometimes. And so for them, um, I think one of my best cases, it was um, that, that comes up a lot. It was a very successful individual and um, he had a, a, a lot of problem with alcohol and and in, 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 in you know in, in the traditional way he would come into the hospital and he would get a protocol that is like without protocol he was a very successful guy and, and and as you can imagine but then he's found down and he's brought into the emergency room and um and he's just uh, in a really bad situation um but then you know after really looking at his whole gamut and his whole picture um, of things, uh, there were uh, techniques that could be used uh, to help him uh, integrate uh, everything. And so, uh, in his case, we did um, we did a technique with neuro linguistic programming, which is like integrating all the personalities uh, together with him. And um, he really had a powerful, a really powerful experience. And um, helped him a lot, you know, he, it helped him a lot with, uh, with, 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 um, with what was going on and being able to see himself in the future as a person who didn't need to uh, drink at all. So, um, so I think that was one of the cases. Another case that comes to mind uh, is a lady who came from England. Uh, she was from London and um, she actually had turned uh, a lot, you know, it, it happens a lot in the elderly where their their diet starts changing because they don't they don't they don't cook as much. They cook differently, and so she was actually becoming um, time indeficient. And so when she got here to Hawaii, she was confused and um, and, and she couldn't even make sense of who she was or where she was or um, and you know, you're checking for strokes and things like this. And, and then, you know, I checked for this level of this, of her timing level and it was way in the dumps. And then you start replenishing it. And it's so simple, like one little part. And then you start get better. Um, is right in front of your eyes just over the next three or four days. Um, from just one little vitamin that was missing in the body. And so you realize the balance is such an important balance, you know? And mm. so, so that was cool. And then I saw them a year later and she was doing great. So, so, so that was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really a cases like that, 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 um, that gets you to dive deeper. Uh, sometimes it has to do of course with, with mindset integration. Uh, but, but, uh, and sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, so sometimes it's hard to, you know, I could talk to that lady about like, hey, let's do some, uh, 
integrating this or that, but she's like, she's deficient in something, you know? And so, uh, you know, you can meditate yourself through that, you know? Yeah. I think that's so powerful that we have the tools now and they're just growing. They're becoming more, uh, what's the word, economically uh, available for people because the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper. So like, uh, like we've talked about before, Andres, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, Andres and I have, uh, I've had him on my podcast before, but uh, like we've talked about before, you've got the experiences and the substances. And like you said, like you can meditate all day long, but if you're missing one of those external factors, then you're, you need that factor. And I, I think it was a, an interview I listened to with uh, Rangan Chatterjee. He's a functional medicine doctor as well. Great, great resource for anybody listening. And uh, he's talking about a patient that he had a similar situation. The guy's really fit, exercises a lot. I believe he was a lawyer or something like that. Um, really low carb diet and his sleep was pretty good. Could get a little bit better but uh, he was pre-diabetic and the guy was not overweight. He, you know, everything would seem from the surface level that this is like a quote unquote fit guy. And then they looked at his overall stress load work and just like mindset and the whole thing. And it turns out like he, he had all the physical things, right. But mentally he was creating a negative environment and, and a stressful inflammatory environment. And that was affecting his insulin levels and was causing him to be pre-diabetic. And he started, you know, working on stress management and it went away in like less than two weeks, something like that. And then you have it on the flip side, like you said, the people that are like, it's a substance that they're missing physiologically, chemically in their body that they need. And then you put that back in and it's like, miraculous turnaround in such a short period of time because the body's just like ah oh, yes i was waiting for that you know it's really interesting and that's that's the beauty of having the the data to objectively measure that stuff and be like it looks like you need this and like you said too it may take a long-term approach you know you try something up oh, turns out that didn't work up oh, turns out that didn't work and then you find it and you know like eventually the body will find homeostasis and find harmony and that's like the beauty of this approach is it's patient oriented. You know, you just continue to work with the person until you find out what works for them. And it's going to be unique per person, depending on their entire life experience. For sure, man. Mm -hmm. For sure. sure. That's yeah. incredible. Um, I really want to pick your brain because I mean, like I, I know you and I know how smart and well-informed you are. And I just want to, I want to know, like for someone, you know, a lot of people listening to this are, you know, health nerds like we are, and they're really into this stuff and they're well-informed, but they're not ex an expert like you are. So what are the things that we often get wrong? Yeah. You know, there was a, um, I think one story that I, that, that, that I think is, is um, the importance of just like having somebody there with you going through this, right? Like, I think uh, that that's like, I like two, two stories that you make me think of, Nicole, when you ask me a question. The first one is about this patient who was like, okay, I'm done with medications. Um, uh, he was a diabetic, right? And he's like, I'm done with medication. I'm going to start all my medications. And he started eating fruit. And he started eating fruit, eating fruit, 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 fruit. So he ends up at the hospital. Um, sick as, I mean, sick as hell. 
yeah. and <laughs> the sugar is in the sky. And then, so, you know, he didn't realize that fruits had a lot of sugar. Of course, you know, both mm-hmm. of you know that, but it was affecting his, uh, I mean, he was worse off almost, you know? Yeah. And so, but he was thinking that he was doing the right thing. So I I think that's that, that's pretty important. Sometimes we can we think that we can do it alone, but um, I think a coach or a doctor or somebody who's who's making sure that we're checking the boxes, making sure that you're not getting worse, making sure. Uh, uh, I think it's so important. Uh, I think a lot of uh, a, a lot of things. Um, the second thing that made me think of about uh, getting it wrong is um, actually the. Um, you know, a lot of times if you ask this question to people, you know, if you knew that this was going to help you, like, let's say that the hard thing you needed to do was like, um, get married or divorce or move or uh, like hard things. Mm-hmm. Like if you knew that this was the one thing that was going to help you, would you do it? And a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. Right. And so I think a lot of is that there has to be a change in identity for dealing to occur. That, 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 that identity, the word identity, when it gets broken down back to the root of it, it means being repeatedly. And so literally we're having to be repeatedly another person if, we're, if we don't want the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's like, um, and so I think we get that wrong a lot. Like we have to change the identity. And so it's really difficult for human beings for us to do because it really messes with our, uh, it just shakes our, our grounding. And so I think patients have a very hard time uh, with this, with chronic pain, with chronic diseases. Um, like it doesn't matter how much diets, how much change, how much, if they still, they, they, if they still see themselves as a diabetic, if they, if they still see themselves as big boned or, you know, if they still see themselves um, um, as, you know, uh, depressed, like that, when that identity completely sh- shifts, that's when the change completely occurs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and um, I had a lady actually who was here in the farm uh, and she is an... Um, multiple sclerosis patient and she was I, and she was telling me just about this you know that she started uh, hanging out in a lot of the circles with multiple sclerosis and um, but she started doing her own research but it wasn't until, until her identity changed like you know the multiple sclerosis didn't go but she was not going to be defined by it anymore and so mm-hmm. I think um, we don't talk about this a lot uh, and so we get that wrong a lot because once that happens, then the seeking f- until you get down to the number that matters, that one thing that's missing, um, then it becomes faster, easier, and accelerated. Because there is not a lot of um, uh, resistance in the in the um, on the way. Yeah. That is so powerful, and I love that answer because it's probably the last thing I was expecting. Like I was thinking of you know, I was going to get some like health research or, you know, and you came out with identity and that's, I mean, wow. I just, I love the way your brain works. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just, you just think on another level. You think around things, you, you think in, uh, you, you have 
a, a creative mind where you apply things in, uh, you know, new and interesting and innovative ways. And it's just incredible. Awesome, Nicole. Yeah, I, I th thank you so much for that. Um, and I think that, yeah, because, you know, there's so many tests. And, and, and of course, um, like what we can do, what we, what we always get wrong, like that can change. Um, and so I think that, uh, that, that, that practitioners, we get that wrong all the time. And then patients get that wrong all the time. Like, like working through depression, I was looking at this information, this piece of information that asked like the patient, like, are you getting paid to be depressed? Like that's such a simple question, right? Like, are you getting paid to be depressed? And there are patients who are getting paid to be depressed. There yeah. are patients who are in disability for depression. And mm -hmm. so, and so, I mean, there is a conflict of interest. That identity is not going to change, right? And so for that person to, to let go of, of, of that identity, let go of the paycheck, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work. You know, yeah. it's a lot of work. And so, uh, and so a, lot of, a lot of things like that uh, can, can really affect uh, our behaviors and then our behaviors can affect like that older person behavior that was in her diet and her diet ended up in the low timing levels. So, so I think, uh, I think that's what we miss a lot. Yeah. It's like the Buddha said, you know, we are what we do repeatedly. And Joe Dispenza is another great resource for that. Uh, Dr. Dispenza has a few books that talk about this, of how your story creates your reality or what you think about and how you emotionally associate with those thoughts and memories drives your behavior and then what you do through your behavior repeatedly creates your story your life your personality is your personal reality it's your identity and you are the one that chooses it so unless you let go of that story and everybody knows those people like i immediately have someone that comes to my mind that's like it's like a broken record. You hear the same story over and over and you're like, well, no wonder you have the same results for the last 20 years. That's the only thing you talk about. It's almost like you, you want that. And like you said in the beginning too, there's, there's kind of an unspoken, you know, reason and it's fear, you know, like you have to detach from the story and realize that fear is what's causing you to, you know, not move forward and go towards whatever else you want, that other story, just because you're so attached to the story that you keep repeating over and over. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that we get wrong is like, okay, let's say that that happens. And then, so I think the second step after that, that we get wrong is like, we don't look in the mirror, you know? Uh, and, and, and I had a patient, I asked her and I said, when was the last time you looked in the mirror? And she said, 20 years ago. Yeah, and she was, you know, she was uh, obese, you know, more to be obese, a lot of health problems. And so the self anxiety, yeah. you know, and, and the, the anxiety we can create by not looking at the heart. And I, and I use that as analogy because it's not the mirror only, but it's the labs, it's the numbers, it's the hard evidence. Like, is this thing working? So, so I think that's the third thing. And then, uh, and then the third thing I think that we get wrong is that um, as patients is that we can go from one thing to the other one, right? Yeah. So, so I'll go to a shaman and then he heals me. And then 
the tumor grows and then 10 years and then you know 10 months later i'm back with a mass the size of a basketball in my abdomen and and so the shaman didn't heal me you mm -hmm. see what i mean but it was an amazing experience at that time and i felt great and so so i'm all confused about it but the tumor grew and so like i didn't look in the mirror Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think what we get wrong is thinking that is one way or the other way. Yeah. Thinking that 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 is like I'll go to a shaman or I'll go to the doctor. Like, like both of them mm. should be a thing, but they're not in our current healthcare system. But yeah. but but in our mind, we should be able to engage them both because the shaman is probably gave him an experience that was helpful and that was integrating in some way <clears throat> of his disease. Um, and then the, 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 with, with the science and the, and the, uh, technology that we have, we can take pictures, we can look at numbers, we can look at tumor markers, we can look at, uh, at labs, um, and to see whether this is getting better or not. And then if it's not getting better, you know, it doesn't discount what the shaman did, you know, um. It depends, you know, how he played it and what he said, what he was promising. That's another story. But it doesn't discount the experience he provided for this person. It might have been helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if it's not physiologically. But, but now we got to take a look at, okay, we, we got to do this. Right, right. It could, be a, it could be that he brought him to see that, that he needed to deal with this disease and that, mm -hmm. uh, and that there might be something, a lesson, a life lesson that he learned out of it. Um, maybe, you know, somehow he got more connected to his daughter when he was mm -hmm. there. You know what I mean? Like there mm -hmm. is other benefits from this uh, that can happen. And so I think that's what we get wrong uh, a lot of times that, that we're thinking is one or the other. One of my mentors, Dr. Um, Lodog, uh, she um, writes about this in her book, but she had ovarian cancer and, you know, she told the oncologist, you know, burn it with radiation therapy until the ground, you know? And, and so, and so, I mean, both things have, have benefits. It's like going to war, you know, you don't want to be like, Oh no, I'm only going to use, you know, knives. That's, you know, like, like, it's not the time for that. Like you mm -hmm. gotta use everything in your arsenal. And yeah. I think that's what we get wrong. And patients have a lot of guilt about this for some reason, you know? It's like the quote, you give someone a hammer and everything turns into a nail. And I think that's such a huge part of where exactly. healthcare is going is like mm -hmm. what our mission is collectively is the well care kind of idea that um, we're focusing on where you know, like giving people the understanding, it's awareness. It has to come from awareness first is like what you were saying is it doesn't have to be one or the other. There, there is no polarity here. There is no picking sides. Use all the tools. They're all available. Why not try out each one, find out which one works best for you, or maybe the combination of them all. And like you said, you got to look in the mirror to, you know, accept responsibility for that at some point and say, Hey, you know, I own this. I, I got to get help. I got to go. I got to work on myself, but I got to get someone else to help me too. And even in my industry, a good line is even coaches need coaches. You know, like I can't, I can't assess myself. I need someone without the bias coming in that doesn't have the emotional attachment to the story that I do because I can justify my way out of eating a brownie all day long. 
oh, I'll go to the gym or whatever, you know, whatever the circumstance is, you know, you can always talk yourself out of it. But if you have another pair of eyes giving you an unbiased, you know, objective perspective, and I'm not sure, Andres, if you saw or not, but in the Radiant Well Care Hub, I think it was Egwin, he shared a video of the Aboriginal uh, healers working with patients in clinic right next to the Western medicine doctors. And the Western medicine doctors even were like, you know what, we honestly, humbly, we don't know what objectively, physiologically, biochemically is happening. We really just aren't there yet with the technology to measure this stuff. But there's 20 people coming in and 18 of them get better. You know, I, I can't discount that. And whether it's placebo effect or not, these people are getting better. So why discount it? Why not give them that opportunity? And like, if it's side by side like that, where we integrate those, you know, those different modalities and like, let the patient choose, like you can go to one or the other or both and find out which one works best for you. It's so much more, it makes more sense. Yeah, and you know the placebo effect. Yeah, is, is that's a, you know that's a whole uh, topic that is fascinating, um, and and I think <clears throat> now things are changing, uh, and we're starting to look at it for what it is, which is you know is our healing. Uh, I mean, the best doctor available is our bodies. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best doctor around. You know, is our bodies, and so the 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 placebo is play is not played, but it, it's come out to you know. Because of oh, placebo versus this drug, placebo versus this drug. So it's like it's seen as this less thing, but actually, like it's the activation of of the factors that occur when when our healing uh, takes place. And the word healing is used a lot in wound care, but it's not used a lot in everything else. But that's changing too, and and because that's what's happening. You know, our body's healing system mechanism, our resilience system, then gets kicked in. And, um, and, and, and so we need to just understand what are the ingredients and the obstacles to accelerate it and then take the obstacles away and add ingredients, you know, so that people can heal, you know? I love that. That's so, that's so simple. It breaks it down to the most important, you know, fundamental elements. And I think, you know, like John, what you were referencing, like our own, emotions and attachment to the story that we have we can rationalize ourselves out of anything but i like the way you just broke it down you know you have the you know the tools the obstacles and just that's it like that's what you have to do look at it that simply and that's mm-hmm. it's genius <laughs> awesome awesome yeah i think i think that 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 um that and i think it, ta- it, it takes the ego it takes our ego a little bit out of it like we're not the ones healing the patient you know, like, and, and on most of the average, uh, when, when you are trained, like I trained as a shaman too. And most of the times, most, um, <clears throat> most, um, uh, medicine men or training, um, you know, when they train other medicine men, they, 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 they have this idea that is not them, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a body, it's their body, you know, it's somebody healing. It's like somebody saying, like, I healed that wound. Like, I mean, you remove the, the obstacles, you put, you put, and then the body's body actually healed the wound. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I think it, it, it's good because it, 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 it gets the doctor's ego out of it a little bit. And then it empowers the patient to know, like, 
that their body is actually the one that, you know, that's doing the job. And so, and I think that's why as the placebo uh, and the National Institute of Health is actually working on this, is actually new ways of doing research because the ones that we have available right now are not optimal to, uh, for instance, to do research yeah. on Chinese medicine. So like the double-blinded uh, randomized controlled trial um, doesn't really work. And so for, for, for uh, like things like biomedicine and Eastern medicine, like, because there is a lot to it. Like for instance, if that Aboriginal doctor goes into the patient's room and, and, and their presence, uh, then it's really hard to study that. So, so they've, they've tried to do it, but humanity gets in the way. And so uh, one of the ladies who's actually working on this, she's, a, um, she's, a, uh, she's working with the National Institutes of Health and she's actually do, about to go a pro- do a project, um, I think with Deepak Chopra and um, in India. And she's actually going to start developing new ways um, because for instance, like the example is that she gave is that they did a study in bio, like I think they were doing Reiki. And so they brought in people that were skeptics and they put them in the room and they just have them put like their hands over people and see if it would help them at all. And then when they were interviewing this lady that helped another lady that was one of the skeptics in the interview, she said, Hey, don't tell who, uh, don't tell anybody, but like, I just let happen whatever was going to happen. So in the way like our innate abilities as human beings to help each other, to want to help each other, get in the way of these uh, studies, our differences get in the way of the studies, uh, the contraptions that are made in this Eastern medicines get in the way of these studies. So I think that's going to be really interesting and, and it's like very playful and but interesting because then there's going to be new methods of understanding science that is not the way as we know it, like random control, uh, you know, double-blinded trial, and that's it. If it's not that, we don't, you know, so I think that's interesting. Hmm. So then what are some of these alternative ways of researching? Well, we don't know yet. And so oh. I think this is why it's interesting, yeah. And so she'll be working on that. Um, and, uh, and I think it's going to be interesting what, what, uh, what she comes up with because then he's going to pave the road for other people to, to be able to integrate uh, studies to um, all of these fields. So for instance, like traditional oriental medicine is really hard to do a, a, a study. It's really hard because mm-hmm. there's so many different factors. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like they're not giving a prescription, they're giving a formulation. And, so, and the formulation is based on the, on the opinion of the practitioner when they test the patient and based on experience. So like, it's super hard to, 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 to put a regular study on it. Mm. So I think that's going to be really cool. That's really cool, actually. Uh, keep me updated on that as you learn more. I want to know. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think what you said, too, about, like, the basics and the fundamentals, you know, the body healing itself, and you're just there to assist, like – that resonates with me a lot because I feel like, you know, like I'm trained in fitness. I'm trained in, you know, the basics of nutrition and health coaching, but like, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, 
but it's incredible how often people like you know just the just putting those basics in place people are healed from things that they've been going to doctors for for years or even decades and it's just you know like like it's absolutely incredible when you take just those basic things like like I shouldn't be able to you know heal someone from something that doctors couldn't like there's something wrong with our system if that's the case you know and but it's really just the basics of you know eat real food (laughs) with an emphasis on plant foods you know sleep stress management exercise and movement uh you know and it just kind of happens on its own like you said it's you know it's putting it in place and getting out of your body's way so it can heal itself. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really just mind blowing how well our bodies can do that and how often we stop it from doing that and get in the way of it doing its own thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad too. It's, it's, a, it's a broken system. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I think the system is broken. I think is the best we have right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's the best we have right now. There is people who are right now in the hospital right here that, that came in in a way that need to be carried, completely carried and put in life support and completely like medicized and surgicized and whatever it is done to them mm-hmm. to be able to remove obstacles and, and, and add the support needed for them to get better, you know? And so it's like, and so I think, I think you know, like, like our our own tribes and stuff, like geek geeky on uh, natural health and uh, and 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 integrated medicine, holistic medicine, and functional medicine. And like, I think we can get so geeked out that we forget that the like stuff can actually go wrong, like really wrong, and mm-hmm. and we can end up at the hospital, right? And so I think that's um that's in, that's interesting. And then going back to, to, to our bodies, I think we're beginning to understand more. And I think one of the best studies that was done uh, <clears throat> that is showing this, and I think that the technology that we have is really cool to show it. So it was a study on depression done by the National Institute of Health. And then people came in and they said, this is a pill uh, that's going to help you. And then another person, this is a pill that's not going to help you. Right, and I think I'm saying this one uh, because you mentioned a person to help a patient and doctor to help a patient. That is not the doctor alone that can help a patient. And so, long behold, the persons who were told this pill does not work for your depression, it didn't work that well. The placebo effect was about actually less than average, less than what usually, usually you get a placebo effect about 30% of the time. So people, when they were told this, this pill is not going to help you at all. It, it worked less than a placebo actually. So, so I think that was interesting. And then they took the people and they said, this pill is going to help your depression. And they had about a 60% improvement. It's fascinating. And so almost compare the same actually as an antidepressant, right? So then they said, what the hell? Like, why does that happen in the body? What's going on in the brain? What's happening? So they did a functional MRI study 
And then in this MRI, they checked the receptors that get activated with like heroin and uh, or our own uh, endorphins uh, in opioid system. And these mu receptors light up. And so like when you said, Nicole, that like, yeah, the doctor is not the only one to heal. Yeah, no, like encouragement is the system, is like mm -hmm. the framework that mm -hmm. was wired in for us to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So a doctor or you can do it, right? Mm -hmm. That encouragement and that suggestion uh, mm -hmm. seem to trigger in this patient, proven and shown by functional MRIs to give them some type of euphoric and uh, encouraging feel, which probably uh, helps with his own neuroplasticity to be able for him to see a way out of his depression himself. Um, so I think it's really cool how like technology is marrying with like all like innate things that we know are right, like connection with other people and mm -hmm. encouragement. Like we're now learning like, wow, this stuff is like wired in and there is like mm -hmm. reward systems that happen and there mm -hmm. is like chemical reactions that happen. And, um, and so I think that's, that's, that's really cool. And that field is going is, is growing a lot. So I'm really excited for that too. I think it's so relevant uh, just based on our conversation. So I figured I'd bring it up, but Pedram Shojai, uh, an Oriental medicine doctor, and now he's a, a big um, media producer for uh, this movement of health and well care. He talks about the three-step process for health practitioners. And it's just like so spot on to what we've been talking about. But he says, number one, stop the bleeding, which is remove the obstacles. Number two, patch the wound which is add the ingredients necessary. And number three, encourage healing. Just be there as that support figure to create that positive feedback loop that then in their brain is going to stimulate healing and growth. And it's like so spot on. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor or you're a nutritionist or a physical therapist or a friend, you know, like you can still help to, in your own way, based on your experiences, provide that three-step framework of like just helping that person, being there, encouraging their, you know, being a supportive figure and trying to remove any obstacles that they have and add any kind of ingredients that you think would be beneficial, even if it's just your attention, you know, whatever it is, just being there for that person. It's like, like you said, there's so much in research where it's like, just how do you, how do you even test that, you know? But I mean, there's one point where it's like, we know that if you water a plant and give it sunlight, it's going to grow. Do we know the factor at which it's going to grow and the ounces of water needed and how many seconds of sunlight? We know that those ingredients are needed for positive growth. So let's just start there. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. we get so reductionistic with science where it's like, well, I need to know the exact this and that. Well, this works. Let's start. Let's just start using what works. You know, everybody can follow that framework. Yeah, for sure. And like, for instance, that lady with the thiamine, um, you know, it probably would have taken longer and she probably needed IV thiamine infusion and stuff. But if she went back to like a balanced diet, like eating with other people that cared about her and like that probably would have normalized. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and so, yeah, like uh, definitely uh, you're so right, man. We can get caught up in the test and the technologies and everything, but um um, that a lot of times uh, the simple stuff 
really that it works, that uh, it, it works a lot for a lot of things. Well, yeah. What, go ahead, Nicole. No, I was just going to say like, that was, you know, what you said is spot on. If it works, that's what matters. And I think for the longest time, you know, at least here in the United States and in much of the Western world, these other ways of practicing medicine and healing were just discounted because we didn't know the mechanisms by which they worked, you know, like we couldn't, you know, measure chi or, you know, um, things like that. And instead of people taking it and actually, you know, studying just to see a result, like do a results-based study, like did it work, you know, just, and I know like what you were saying now, I don't even want to say a double blind randomized study because you just brought up all the problems with that, but Hey, that's the best we've got. But so, you know, if that's the best we've got, just do that. Like, did it, did it work? And then it doesn't matter if we understand why it works or how it works or any of that, then if it works, then you implement it. And then maybe that should tell us we have a lot to learn about why it works and how it works. But we made that mistake so much. And I think, you know, now we're starting to get past that as a society and to really, you know, appreciate. I mean, think about how arrogant is it to discount something that someone that a people has been practicing for thousands of years and to just be like, no, that's a, that's a bunch of BS. It's in your head. Like, wh whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not like we're shitting on science either, you know, like, no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm such a scientifically minded totally, person, yeah. but that is science. It's like yeah. science results based. So you don't say, you know, well, we can't measure cheese, so it must not exist. It's like, wow, this society has been practicing this for the past, what, five, 6,000 years or something, you know, let's test it and see what results happen. And then if we notice something, we have to give it credit and try to figure out how it works. And that's it. That, that, that is science. That's how it's supposed to work. The whole idea of, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they um, call themselves scientifically minded is that they assume that science is all it's ever going to be right now. Like every, all the knowledge that exists in science now is it and the truth of the world. And that's not it. Like we know a fraction, a tiny sliver of what there is to know about the universe. And you have to assume that when you go into any sort of experiment or situation or question that you're trying to answer and to just sit there and think that, Oh, well, we don't, you know, like, no, like, she doesn't exist. We have no evidence that it exists. No, you have no evidence that it exists is very different from it does not exist. Maybe yeah. you need to find a way to measure. Maybe you have to learn how to get the evidence or maybe like you said, just does it work? Look at the results. And of course you have to control for things like the placebo effect. However, is the best way to do that. I guess, you know, the woman you were talking about will soon tell us, but it's, it's that simple. Does, does it work? <laughs> Results based. I mean, even just in nutrition, nutrition and fitness programs, one of the things that blows my mind is how many of them are implemented and sold when they've never been tested. The first thing I did when I came up with the super busy mommy workout is I recruited moms and had them do it and test it to see if it worked. It's just, you know, all these things that claim just because there is quote science behind it, right? Like if the reasons seem to make sense, people assume it works, but you, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. So yeah, the chi is one example, like, okay, we can't measure chi, so therefore it doesn't exist. But the other example is, well, we know this, 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 and this. And so therefore this is going to happen. 
No, there are other factors we don't know about. Just because the science seems to point that way, you still have to do the study to see if the results actually happen because you could be wrong and then you find out that there's more you need to learn. That was one of my rants. You know that happens every once in a while. <laughs> Get this woman an ice pack. She's on fire. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to understand the chi thing. It's quite, but I think I have a theory about it. Um, I think, you know, I don't fully understand it well, but, um, but I think there is like, because um, there's like chi for your kidney. There is chi for like a lot of different chis. And so, um, and so I think was what it is, is that like, you know, like if I cut myself right here, mm -hmm. um, then there is a whole inflammatory response that happens, right? So there is interleukins and there is, um, and there is interleukins and there is, um, proteins and there is different factors and all kinds of things get. And so it's almost like that's the healing chi that's happening right there, right? So you could actually measuring that, I think. And so like, for instance, for like the kidney, because a lot of times, us, like when you're talking about it, like we can't measure it, like let alone measuring it, like we don't even know what it is. Like we don't even, as an as a oriental medicine practitioner, they can feel and sense kind of what it is or like conceptually kind of grasp their heads around it. But like, as a doctor, like as a Western doctor, like he's like gibberish. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like the kidney chi? Like, what is that? Right. But I think um, for like, for like, for the king, for like the kidneys, the kidneys have what is called the aldosterone, renin aldosterone system, which is like what controls a lot of the, um, the sodium, the potassium, what gets kept into the body, what gets speed out. Right. Mm -hmm. But these aldosterone, all these, uh, and, and the uh, uh, hormone called desmopressin, which is like, um, there's called antidiuretic hormone, right? And so, so there's like all these hormones and chemicals, and these hormones and chemicals actually affect the heart too, um, but they're flowing through our body. But that would be the kidney chi, I think. Like, I think that's what they meant, you know? But I still actually don't, have a like a conceptual i think that's what it is but 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 i'm thinking that maybe that's what it was is like whatever chemicals hormones and factors are associated with one function have you okay so there's this guy dr yang and he's a doctor of eastern and western medicine i think it's dr yang i'll have to I'm, I'm pulling this off the top of my head right now so i'll have to check it and like put a link in the notes for this episode but um he says that Chi is simply bioelectricity or bioelectromagnetism or something like that. And it's, it's, it's that simple. It's, you know, like there are the nerve impulses, you know, that's, um, that energy is Chi, the, um, the electric, the electromagnet, electromagnetic field from the, um, the, metallic elements flowing through our blood or something like that he's like that's another form he's like that's he's like that's it he's like it's you know it's very much um it's like it's not something mystical it's not something right. that we can't relate to it's something that we all feel all the time you know and um right i mean i like when he when i heard him say that that was mind-blowing for me because it just brought 
the whole world of Eastern medicine down to earth for me, you know, like instead of it sounding like something mystical to me, it was like, Oh, that completely makes sense. And um, another one that um, to me, like made it relatable was in a book I read. um, I gave it to someone to borrow. So I can't even like check it. I think it was Michael Singer was the author, I believe. Um, If I can remember the title. I'll, I'll put it in the notes, but it, this book changed my life. And one of the ways it kind of brought, you know, this whole idea of energy down to earth for me um, was when I realized based on his descriptions of what he was talking about that, um, you know, he was, he was coming from a yoga perspective. So he wasn't using the word chi, but it kind of, it's pretty much the same thing when they're talking about you know, feeling it. And it's like, I was, I was like, what are you, you know, that just seemed like this mystical, um, you know, spiritual, like it seemed very unrelatable to me until I realized that we all feel it all the time. So for example, if I were to go to you right now and like sneak up behind you and like scream in your ear and startle you, you would feel this like pang of electricity perhaps, or you might, if you get angry, you might feel the heat coming up into your head. That's all they're talking about. <laughs> it's very much something that we all feel and we all know about. And when you, with training, you can learn to control it and use it in certain ways. You can, you know, instead of involuntarily having heat rise to your head, you can send the heat to your hands to heat it up. You can control that um, emotional like butterflies in your stomach or that um, you know, shock that you might get or that pain you can get in your chest with anxiety or you can learn how to you know, take that chi, that energy, whatever you want to call it, but you can learn to control it. And that's, that's all it is. It's that simple. And, you know, learning those things that took this abstract concept and made it so real to me was life changing because now I am learning how to, you know, use it and control it and implement some of those teachings in my life. Yeah. And there's great resources too, that are playing around with the same concept. You know, like if you look at the four forces of the universe, you've got electromagnetism, gravity, strong force, weak force, and electromagnetism is something that we can measure, you know, like the heart math Institute does a lot of that research measuring the electromagnetic force coming off from the heart and how, when, you know, the, the signal coming from the heart and the brain are in coherence then we're in a more parasympathetic state where we're, you know, more able to function with less stress. And like Wim Hof is another great resource. He's doing a lot of empirical research in lab with different universities and funding organizations that are studying that exact concept of once you train the ability, then you can use it for a multitude of different things. Like he like one of the really cool studies just as an off tangent is they ejected him with E. coli and he used his mind to go attack the injection. And he talks about the whole experience. He's like, I didn't know what I was. I wasn't like saying, Hey, you go attack here. He just was like, okay, body, something bad is coming in. I want you to go take care of the problem. And now like, they're like, well, maybe he's just a, a, a mutant anomaly. And, then he teaches it to other people. And then they do control study of people that didn't get taught the technique and the people that did, the people that did get the good results, the people that don't get the bad results with the E. coli study, the people that didn't get the technique got sick. The people that did get the technique were able to use their immune system consciously to go fight off 
the the invading pathogen and it's just you know the heat the you know metabolic rate heart rate you know this is stuff that old yogis and and you know martial artists have been doing for a long time and just like being able to understand the materialistic objective you know methods of how that is happening is like right where we're just barely getting into with the research and it's like oh okay cool now we can actually measure this stuff and relate it to this kind of Western idea of how these things work from a, a materialistic perspective in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he's crazy. I mean, can you <laughs> imagine like, yeah, he let them put him into what, in a, what is called a systemic inflammatory response syndrome. Yeah. And, and that's just like your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure drops, you're, um, you're in, going into shock. You know, pretty much. And so what happens in shock is that your vessels go like this. Uh, our vessels are usually like this, like a water hose, right? Like if you have a water hose and then the, the water is coming out and then if you pinch it, of course, the pressure is like, shh, right? Like there is more pressure. But if you open up the water hose, then the, the water will just trickle out. And so in a state of shock, the, our water hoses or our vessels get really large, you know, and so then the the blood is just trickling through. And so that's what happening. If the blood is just trickling through, then none of the organs get what they need and, you know, we die in shock. And yeah, he's able to like, through deep breathing, but it's not too crazy. You know, you hold your breath, your body thinks you're going to die. You get a rush release of a pre- adrenaline, norepinephrine, epinephrine, dopamine. And then that brings, that's actually what we give in shock. We give epinephrine. Uh, to get the vessel go from here into here, you know, to squeeze the vessel. Then that way the pressure of the person goes up and they're able to stay alive. And so, and so he's just, he just showed that we, he, he shows that we can do that. You know, that's, and like, just crazy dude, man. But it, yeah, it, it's amazing how, how it worked. You're right, man. In that experiment uh, and, and the workings of it. And just, I, I think he shows us, how much our bodies can do, right? Like, mm-hmm. bodies are powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it can make me think about technology because, you know, we use the term technology to mean like these fancy machines, but, you know, is it a form of, maybe we wouldn't call it technology, but is it equivalent if we can teach ourselves to do it? If we can get the same result without the fancy machine, isn't that worth looking into the way we look into improving our technology, investing in that instead of, you know, something external. Why not? Yeah. You know, I think we're going like, I, like I might be crazy as hell, you know, but I think like, it's like, we're going first, like full circle somehow. Like, like, let's like, like start about it. Like if you, like if us three like sat down and we were going to design the perfect snack, like the perfect fast food. We'd, we'd make it small so you can carry it. We put um, covering on it. You could actually eat like the packaging. And we put like little things inside that would make it like duplicate. And we make it like nutritionally everything. Like we put enough protein and we put... Um, you know, fiber and we put sugar and we put carbs in there and everything that it needs. Like, you know, that's a fruit. And so it's like, (laughs) 
you know and so it's like that's a fruit like we already have the perfect fast food yeah it's perfect you know like and so it's like it's almost like we're going full circle um because yeah in the same like so nature i guess what i'm trying to say is like is our best teacher to develop technology and as we develop technology it's almost like we're just trying to get closer to what nature is doing already like you know you know so it's just kind of crazy but um so i I, so that's kind of like uh, how i think about it like yeah i mean nature is our best teacher for technology too yeah i love that analogy if you look at science, science is essentially like we were talking about is the refinement of experimentation through validity and repeatability. Well, we've been doing that for a few thousand years. The earth has been doing that for 13.x billion years. You know, it's got a bit of a head start on us on this whole refinement <laughs> process. And like every good idea that you see can be found somewhere in nature already, you know? And so it's just really interesting, like you said. And a lot of the sages and the mystics and the prophets of the time, some of the the most renowned people around the world throughout human history, all talk about these same exact concepts, especially the body and the mind and and the, the awareness of presence within the mind and the body, consciousness, which isn't even in a material plane of existence, which is shown through research. Deepak Chopra goes a lot into this kind of stuff, but that combination right there is a technology itself. And by using the body appropriately, you, you know, if you look at it, you've got your hardware, you've got the body, you've got your software, the programming, Mm -hmm. which is your mind. And then you've got the electric current, the, the awareness, the presence that runs through the system and all three of those together create the like you said the perfect organism you know like we're like wireless dude <laughs> yeah the technology's already been invented we're here living in it right now we're just trying to figure out how it works and then you like you said coming full circle a lot of these the the old traditional wisdom talks about a lot of this stuff and shows us how it works you know go sit under a tree meditate a little bit eat healthy food be nice to people you know like <laughs> all these basic principles of living a healthy life that's in harmony with nature in harmony with the way of things that has already been doing just fine before we even got here yeah and it makes you think about um you know the scientific approach and again like i said i am a very scientifically minded person like i look you know i love science like you know i go on these rants about research all the time especially how it's often reported on very badly when it comes to nutrition but anyway um back to topic it's often what it's often what it's often um reported pretty badly when it comes to nutrition right like so um basically headlines like um oh yeah Chocolate as a health food do much better than, you know, certain compounds in cacao when it doesn't have the added sugar. You know, like, they, 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 that's not a very catchy title. You know what I mean? So it's just reported pretty badly. But anyway, it makes you think about other ways of knowing stuff, right? You know, yeah. um, like the science is a great way of coming to know things, but it has its limitations. And then to see that other societies get to conclusions that are ahead of where Western medicine is, by using these different methods of knowing things, you know, like we should learn those methods of knowing things. We should use those methods of knowing things and then we can test them with science. And if science doesn't have the capability to measure, because that's the biggest, 
you know, limitation with science. You have to be able to measure things objectively. So what, what about when you can't? There are other ways that other societies have come to know things and to build these vast bodies of knowledge and wisdom and practices that are very effective and get results. Why aren't we implementing that? Why do we have to limit ourselves to only one form of doing things? Yeah. Ego. <laughs> <laughs> one word answer. Yeah. There's a great article, like all of this. There is a guy, his name is John Ioannidis. He has done the most downloaded scientific research called done in the history of the human kind. He does his name. And, and the title of it is um, why most scientific uh, j uh, articles are irrelevant. Yeah. Something like that. So it's the most downloaded one. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, he breaks down everything. He's from Stanford and he studies science itself and mm. studies itself. And um, yeah, it's fascinating. I think he did like 14 criterias of like what a perfect study actually does look like. And there is not a study out there that has them all. Yeah. So it was like, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's the best we got. And, and, um, and it's fun to be a part of like this whole, like, you know, how it gets, uh, it gets moved. Yeah. That the, the, the needle moves forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching at the uh, uh, when the Dalai Lama and um, there was another physicist, they recently a quantum physicist from China, and um, he was saying that there, at the point of inference, at the point that Nicola, you're talking about that we don't know, past that point, but what is like, how does that happen then? And so in quantum physics, the guy was saying that he moves left and right, that like mathematically, you know, it's like like it's like this point of inference yeah it's continuously moving left and right you know trying to find its way mm -hmm. and so um like we are part of that mm -hmm. you know we're just moving that that point a little bit farther you know yeah. a little, just just carrying the baton a little bit more mm -hmm. absolutely um we have to we have to touch on the well care summit the Radiant Well Care Summit. Yeah, Andres, tell us a little bit about what's coming up for you for 2019. Obviously, you are a wealth of information. So for anybody listening that's uh, interested in uh, kind of following you, seeing what you're up to, what is on the horizon for you within your uh, personal practice, within your career. And then, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Radiant Well Care Summit, which we are all going to be at in mm -hmm. June in Canada. I can't wait. Awesome. I think, you know what, that summit, man, I was um, listening to uh, one of the attendees, uh, Gloria Mannion, this morning. And she was being interviewed by one of the guys who did the summit with us, George, for those of for your listeners. And, and she said, you know, I came over there and I saw, she said it in these words, she said, I came over there and I saw like-minded individuals. So, like, that's already powerful. Mm -hmm. We have like-minded individuals, right? Because then you're, you're spending less time hiding behind walls. And, like, you're just more yourself. You're a little more comfortable, yeah. whatever, right? 
And then she says, but when I left, I felt like I had a larger family. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think like, um, I think that's so cool because we all have two groups of people. So you asked me earlier before we jumped in this call, like what was one of the biggest takeaways? Uh, and I think we have like two groups of people. One of them is like friends and family. And then one of them is like people who like want to support our dreams. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we try to like change our friends and family, but they're not there for that. And so they're there just to be friends and family. And sometimes they might be there to give us a hard time or not, but it doesn't really matter. Like their role is that. And then in the other hand, we have a tribe of people who are like there and they want, they see greatness within us and they kick our asses and push us and, and, and to, to achieve that, you know? And so, so there's like those two groups and, and I think they've done like research and like on people's like um, productivity. And I think the um, is like 25 to one, actually the highest productivity or something that like, if you have like 25 people on this one and then one person on this one. And so, so we need a lot of support, you know, like, especially like if we're, if we're going out there and like being vulnerable, we're getting our asses kicked in different directions. And so, so we need like a lot of support. And so when somebody says that, like that they're, that this family grew, that's awesome. Like that's exactly what we're there for. And so it's like, we are just like there to support everybody's dream. Like world changers in a way. And so, uh, and so when she said that, I was like, that's awesome. Like, that's exactly what is there for, you know? Mm-hmm. And just to see how she's like so much more like vocal and comfortable and Open. just like yeah. amazing, man. So Andres, that hit home, man. That was so good. That was powerful. Seriously though. Like I, I never thought about it. I just never have had it broken down in that way. Like your friends and family aren't meant to be those dream supporters per se. Maybe they play both roles, but more often than not, they don't. And that's okay. It's not your job to change them or, you know, rely on them for that support. That's why you build the tribe, the tribe vibe. You know, I'm all about connection. That's my thing, man. And so, (laughs) and as you're totally right with Gloria, it's beautiful to see her open up and like, from day one, she was an observer to, to the last day, day five, she was an interactor. She was a participant, you know, like she was not just watching, she was getting involved with everything. And like, that's the idea is like, just trying to hold that space, give people the opportunity to feel that connection and that support. That's, oh, I loved that example, man. Could you talk a little bit about the Radiant Wellcare Summit? Just uh, give people kind of a background for anybody listening, because this is that kind of audience they would love to hear about a place where they can go open and share their stories with like-minded people and feel connected yeah for sure man so it's like uh um it's in the wilderness we and we're pretty strong about this because i think like um i mean i personally know the benefits of being outside you know i'm outside right now <laughs> so, uh, but but just like uh outside and in environments that make you and challenge you to change mm-hmm. right like um, challenge you to modify and to change and to think like you know, I think why and so it's always 
walls are a little bit more, um, they don't make us think that much. Mm-hmm. They don't make us change. And so, um, and so we do need to, you know, there's a certain uh, aspect that comes in with nature. So we like to do it in nature because of that. And then we have experts, as all of you know, from um, Austria, from Ireland, uh, from the U.S., uh, talking about every aspect that has to do with, um, with being well, you know, with being well and having uh, wellness and living a life that is full of wellness. And so, um, and, and to actively create that while we're there, not only talk about it, but actively do it while we're there. And I think, um, so it's awesome because it's like everything that you would want in a perfect vacation. Like you want to get intellectually stimulated. You want to know what's going on, but I also have some uncertainty about it. And so there's a lot of uh, surprise uh, and also there's a lot of expertise. And then there's a lot of community. Like the meals are some of the best, you know, interestingly enough, like some of the best parts of this thing because uh, we don't have that as much. Like sitting down and actually like mm-hmm. having meals uh, that are going to be amazing because like, you know, with Catherine there and John and uh, I mean, a world-class chef. And so, 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 so the meals are going to be sweet. And so I'm really looking forward to 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 doing that and then you know that extends out into a community which is a place that uh is better explained by like um one of our members in there posting like hey do you guys know anything about raw food i'm about to go in it and you know and so i think that's how we dream of it a place where people feel safe uh, expertise from around the world to help them through like you know any health journey that they're going through. and that there is no judgment like that you're like a body healer or like a reiki master or an orthopedic ent doctor surgeon like that we're all the same yeah i think that's one of the most beautiful things about the radiant well care summit is the diverse amount of modalities and practitioners like We've got a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, acupuncturist. We have uh, a nurse, a sleep science coach, Andres with the integrated medicine, bringing in uh, a lot more of the modern research and science from that end. Then we've got, you know, nutrition specialists and movement specialists and all sorts of just different modalities. And the beauty of that is the integration is so flawless because we create an open space for people to connect and to share their stories and experiences. And like one of our taglines is everybody has a story and every story has the potential to heal. You know, it's like the word doctore to teach, you know, like everybody has an opportunity to learn and to teach. And this is a place where we can all do it together outside in nature with healthy food, so for anybody that's interested, it is June 16th to June 22nd, right, Andres? Yeah. And yeah. it is Quadra Island, the British Columbia Islands of Canada. And uh, it's a five-day-long event. We're going to be out camping, giving presentations and lectures. All three of us will be here, myself, Nicole, and Andres. We all will be presenting, sharing our stories. And uh, like Andres said, a lot of the fun parts, the the best parts of it are the the memories and the experiences between the lectures where we're doing recreational activities together, like drum circles on the beach, 
and sauna time and qigong in the morning yoga flows with yours truly in the morning and the dinners are just absolutely incredible and the conversations are just so diverse but also there's such a a core unity between everybody of we want to make the world and humanity a better place by coming together and creating that tribe vibe like andres was saying so it's so beautiful so if anyone's interested we have a Facebook page. It's called the Radiant Well Care Community Hub, where we share a lot of our information, our stories, and, and where people can uh, grow with the community. And then the annual retreat on June 16th is uh, in Canada. And if you want more information on that, the website URL is wellcaresummit.org. Awesome. Yeah, I am so psyched for this. You guys have no idea. <laughs> yeah, family friendly too. You guys can bring your kids. You get, you can, it's all, we're all inclusive. The idea is just to create a space where we can all connect and feel supported and heal and learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like-minded people. I mean, it's one of the most invaluable things you can ever hope to increase in your life. <laughs> Yeah, as George says, he's one of our guys. He's the wilderness guide and one of the hosts in Canada. He says, communitas. <laughs> but it's what one of the, the biggest things for me was how much I learned. And it from an intellectual perspective, there was such a great, great presentations. Everybody just brought the fire. We all learned a lot. But it was like what I learned, like all the stuff we're talking about here. I learned that how powerful community is. I learned that people can come together and do this. Like we are the chain, like to be the chain or to see the change, you have to be the change. And like, we literally were the change. We created that change by coming together. And that for me, stepping back and observing the whole event and the community that we have been fostering and developing, that to me is so powerful. That's, that's what really was the lesson for me is like, wow, this is possible. We can do this. We are doing it now. And to see it grow in this fashion is like so rewarding. Like that's the benefit in itself for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, and the relationships are getting so strong. And yeah, it's really rewarding to, to be a part of it, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so Andreas, uh, tell everyone where we can learn more about you. Um, if anyone lives close enough to be your patient, where they can find you, uh, what you have coming up that people can participate in where they can follow you, learn more from you? I think uh, uh, samasta.io, that's everything is in there, everything. How to get in touch with me, all the projects that I'm involved, everything is in there. Um, uh, samasta.io. Beautiful. Awesome. This Great. guy's a wealth of knowledge, folks. Yeah. I I continually am impressed by him, not only by his knowledge, but by his heart, by his drive, by his passion. Like this guy leads by example. He's the one on the ground doing the work, paving the way. So that way the people behind him have a clear path. And I just want to give you that, uh, that acknowledgement, Andres. You are really a true leader in this industry and i really appreciate all that you do man i see all the work you put in not just in healthcare but in in developing all areas of your life and the support that you give to so many other people and i acknowledge that and i appreciate that dearly 
Thank you, bro. Amen to that. Oh, thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so um, for yeah, those of you listening, thank you for listening to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. Make sure you check out the Holistic Therapies Directory, whether you're looking for a practitioner or if you want to put your own practice in the directory so others can find you. It is you know, it is an amazing opportunity. It's very helpful. Um, and we look forward to having you back next time. Make sure you rate us, review us, like, comment, all that good stuff, guys. It really means the world to us. We appreciate it. And if you're looking for another community to follow, the Radiant Well Care Community Hub on Facebook is where you're going to be able to interact with a group of practitioners like myself, Nicole, and Andres, where we're sharing our stories and helping each other learn and grow through this process of science, through this process of experience. So just continue to uh, follow along with us here on Holistic Therapies Directory and then go check out the Radiant Well Care Community Hub page on Facebook for more information. And thank you guys so much for your time. We really appreciate your support and all that you do for us as well. All right, ship out. All right, that was awesome.